1: yoo running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time, and the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 2, Episode 8, Super Squatter.
2: Let me go off-topic here for a bit. You know how much protein's in a weenie smoothie?
1: Uh, no. Zero. Super Squatter airing September 7th, 2003, and I gotta say up top, this is a, just a really important episode to me, and I never realized it really until now. Not only do I have distinct memories of watching this one growing up, but, I mean, I grew up under some of these same circumstances, so just seeing this reflected in Aquatine so blatantly basically really just drives home why I love aquatine so much, why I respond to it so much. But we're going to get into all of that later. I don't want to say too much up top. Just so excited to jump into this one more excited maybe than I've been to jump into any episode we've covered so far. But all right, jumping into aquatine news this week, let me tell you, there's nothing. But I have some personal aquatine news that I think everyone will appreciate, and that is the fact That, if you don't know, my name tag at work has a Meatwad sticker on it. And finally, after months and months, somebody commented on it. Someone says, that Meatwad, they were very happy. They said, I earned brownie points. So, hey, sometimes life isn't all bad, okay? Otherwise, not so much news, but Dave Willis did make a tweet a few days ago as of this recording. And I'm not going to read the tweet because it has nothing to do with anything that we are concerned about. But somebody replied, please continue Aqua Team. Not teen, team. Like a group of people working together, and uh, Dave Willis liked that tweet. So what a guy! That's right. I'm looking at everyone's twitters when it comes down to this new stuff, and nobody gives me anything to work with besides this. But hey, any coming news of Aquadong side pieces or the upcoming film? I'll let you know when I see it. I'm looking all over. I got my eyes in the sky, looking around here on online, but uh, not a whole lot. Moving on to our community news this week. Oh boy, do I got something for you! So I found a podcast called Master Shake Theater on Twitter, at Pod, and it's an Teen podcast, another one, and and it's a group of guys talking about it. It's it's not really a more objective look like this podcast. It's a more nostalgic look. Of course, they watch it before recording, but they just kind of go over uh, some of the bigger points, and it's more conversational, and the episodes are around 30 minutes long, so much shorter than this podcast. And... These guys, they went through the entire C-Lab 2021 show, and now they're going through Aqua Teen. So I binged all their episodes at work. It was like nine episodes. Just listened through all of them. It was a good time. Check out Master Shake Theater if you want more Aqua Teen podcasts. That comes out Fridays, and hey, it's a good time. As of the Friday before this episode goes up, they just put out their 10th episode on Dumber Dolls. Moving on here, in a previous episode, we talked about The Room, And I guess somehow uh, Tommy Wiseau got got word of it, got wind of it. So he left us a voice message. Let's give it a listen.
3: Hi, this is Tommy Wiseau, director of The Room. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. (laughs) Just wanted to get that out of the way. Anyway, I like how you mentioned my uh, movie on your podcast about chickens with robots. (laughs) You know, I was on Cartoon Network once in 2001. I I think it was on like, a superhero show, maybe with a lawyer. <laughs> uh, I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Johnny. What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, it's my best friend, Greg Sestero. You want to say anything, Greg? No. Okay, Greg. Uh, anyway, uh, Cartoon Network, they betray me. They didn't keep their promise. They tricked me, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> uh anyway how your sex life ronnie (laughs) just kidding all right uh i'll take care keep doing what you're doing about the the aquatic youth for starvation (laughs) and remember if a lot of people learn to love each other the world would be a better
1: place to live okay bye wow thanks johnny you're my favorite listener You're so lucky that you have Lisa. She loves you so much, dude. And Mark is your best friend? Wow. Anyways, how about some cheesecake? Thanks to Tommy Wiseau for leaving me a voice message. I can't believe it. It's really a dream come true. And I want to mention that Tommy Wiseau is actually on an Adult Swim show. He was on Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. The fourth season, fifth episode called Tommy. He was featured heavily in that episode, so check it out. If you would like to leave your own voice message, check the link in the show notes, or head to speakpipe.com slash dancing is forbidden. We're looking for your experiences with Aqua Teen, your favorite episodes, your impressions, whatever you got. Hey, I'll wrap my ears around it. I believe that's it for our community news this week, so let's head on over and see what was going on the week that Super Squatter came out. Recreating the childhood that he never had all the way to the top of the box office this week, we have Dickie Roberts, former child star, topping the charts. This film bringing in over $6 million this week. Not a whole lot. Uh, I take it as it was a slow movie week, but I am unapologetically a huge David Spade fan. I don't really remember this movie. I know I'd seen it around the time it came out. I don't remember it being super memorable like something like Joe Dirt was, but... David Spade definitely around the top of his game at this point. I'll have to check this one out again. I can't leave this one without saying that it has a 5.5 on IMDb, so nothing super big, but that seems kind of like par for the course with a David Spade film. And then it has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty damn low, so hey, maybe it's not as good as I'm remembering it being. This film, though, actually has two shared cast members with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Rachel Dratch was in it. She goes on to play the robot wife in the episode Robots Everywhere, which is the first episode of season 5 of Aquatine. And then we have Robert Smigel playing 100 in Aquatine Hunger Force in the episode 100, which is season 7, episode 12. So two shared actors here. Hey, bet you didn't see that coming. Moving on to our top album this week our Billboard Top 200 album. Let me hear what we got.
3: Was just another
1: the- our top album this week is the neptunes present clones by the neptunes which consists of pharrell williams who goes on to you know make the mega hit song happy uh, many years later as well as producer chad hugo who i'm not really familiar with but yeah the neptunes i really don't know at all I- i'm not familiar with them but this is a a compilation album almost it's just various artists featured on every song, and the genre is all over the place here. There's even, like, rock songs on it, and then there's rap songs with, as you heard, Jay-Z, and then there's one with Snoop Dogg, and just all sorts of stuff. It's all over the place, and not really in a good way. A lot of the beats here I really liked, but the performances I wasn't super interested in, and I just had never heard of this group before. Obviously, I know who Pharrell Williams is, but, yeah, not a whole lot to say about it. it. doesn't seem like this is held particularly high these days, in the uh, community, who would know about this, but that's just from what I could read online. It did well enough. I guess they were coming off of some hype from some previous releases with this album, I believe their only album, but yeah, I don't even know that they're still together anymore. Actually, I guess I was wrong. In 2020, they put out a single with Dead Mouse, so they're still kind of doing stuff. Obviously, I don't expect them to be as active as they were in 2003. But yeah, something funny here, this album cover, it has Pharrell on it and it has Hugo and uh, Pharrell. I'm like, wow, how old is he here? He looks like he's 15 and turns out he's like 30 in this picture because the dude just looks so fucking young that, you know, he he looks way younger than he should. I don't know what he's doing, but it's working. Let's move on from this. What is our top track this week? Please help me, (laughs) A.J. In the song chart this week, we have Shake Your Tail Feather by Nelly, P. Diddy, and Murphy Lee. This song, written for the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack, or at least it was released on it. And goddamn, if it don't get you moving, I don't know what will. Nelly always gets me going. Love him on this one. And just a fun song. I really like this one. Moving over to our top Billboard alternative chart this week, it is Faint, again, by Linkin Park. So we talked about that in the last episode. Great song as well. We got a decent week here. Well, maybe besides that Neptunes thing. I don't know what that was all about. But hey, these two songs, these two top tracks, I like them. And I just want to put this out here. If, if you have any like history with these songs when they were big on the airwaves or whatever, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. So moving on from music here, we're going to talk about some video games for a hot second. We got one thing here I want to talk about. That's right. We're throwing the old pigskin back and forth. You and me shirtless in the backyard drinking some brewskis. Well, not really. I guess we're sitting in front of a TV. We have ESPN NFL football coming out this week, published by Sega. And so that's another football game. Look, if you are a football video game fan around this time, you're getting goddamn spoiled. It's insane. You're getting so many football games. You don't know what to do with them. You know, I wonder how this impacted sales between the three games Were people buying all three of these. Uh, I would imagine not. I, I figure you probably have one that you like, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, w- w- what do I know? I have no context for this, but that's right. ESPN NFL football coming out this week as well. That's three football games we've talked about in two episodes. Oh boy. This ESPN NFL football game, alternatively known as NFL 2K4, was released to universal acclaim, apparently, according to Wikipedia. So hey, man, uh, you, you, you football fans are getting a lot of good stuff. I'm pretty jealous. I wonder, is, is that still the case now? Are these football games, well I don't know if they still make this, they probably just make the, the Madden game. Are these games still good? What's going on? I don't know, but uh, if you were a fan in 2003, what a time to be alive. This is like the equivalent of being a punk fan in the 70s, or a grunge fan in the 90s. You're, uh, you're here for it, you're experiencing it all. So alright, you just saw Dickie Roberts in theaters, it was good. You like David Spade, handsome guy, doing the best he can. You, uh, you're uh, you listening to the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack and you have yet another football game on your mountain of football video game cases. What's coming on, on Adult Swim tonight? You got all this stuff going on, but you got to catch the Adult Swim. You can't miss the new Aqua Teen. What else is coming on? Let's see here, 11pm we have The Big O with Eyewitness, a new episode. So that's, uh, again, we're opening with The Big O, but of course, like last week, we are going back to American animation now, we're switching gears, Adult Swim is throwing you around, you're gonna get whiplash from this lineup here. 11.30pm, you get The Brack Show with Brack Street, not a new episode, and an episode we covered over on the Patreon, a really good episode of Brack Show, you have MC Chris writing all these raps for all these characters who are rapping, it's a great time. Of course, you have Carrie Means as Thunderclase doing his own rap, which kicks ass. And you also get a little Meatwad cameo in that episode. It's kind of kind of cool. Uh, 11.45 p.m., you get Aqua Teen Hunger Force with the Super Squatter. New episode. You know that. I'm not telling you anything new here. 12 a.m., we get C-Lab 2021 with Waking Quinn. Not a new episode. From here on out, it's all not new episodes. The only new episodes we had, like last week, were The Big O and Aqua Teen. Uh, so that's C-Lab 2021 with Waking Quinn. 12.15 AM, we have Space Ghost Coast to Coast with Boo Boo Kitty, 1230 AM, Home Movies with Renaissance, 1 AM, Trigun with Flying Ship, and 130 AM, Cowboy Bebop with uh, some French thing, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, I don't want to offend anybody, so yeah, that's our lineup, uh, the same exact thing as last week, different episodes of course, but uh, surprised again to see the big O here, starting off the night, but then uh, abandoning the anime theme really quickly before picking it back up at the tail end of the night really wonder when this is going to stop being the case. It's kind of strange. Again, my speculation here, and I could be wrong if you were around at the time or you're a big anime fan who's on top of this stuff, let me know. But I assume the case is they're like, fuck, we got two new episodes this night. Let's front end them here. So throwing all flow out the window, they're just putting Big O right at the beginning and then jumping into Aqua Teen not long after that. And then it's all old episodes again. So that's it, that's our week in pop culture and Adult Swim lineup here. We've definitely seen worse weeks, it's not terrible. Some good stuff going on, I'm happy with it. Hey, let's jump in and talk about Super Squatter. So excited for it, it's an awesome episode. Let's see it. it it it, it it This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is brought to you by Electricity. Do you like to see in the dark? Do you have a mean need for blending weenie smoothies? Do you like whatever device you're using to listen to this podcast on? Think electricity. Electricity, it'll cost you. You know, I am a mean, mean user of electricity to record this podcast with. I uh, got to keep that computer running somehow, man. I don't know how else to do it without electricity. And helping to keep that electricity going... Are the wonderful supporters over on patreon.com dancingisforbidden dancing is forbidden and joining the ranks of these moon masters who are supporting the show is hope to dope signing up at the number one in the hood g tier holy smokes hope to dope coming out of nowhere hitting it hard love to see it and besides getting a shout out on this podcast hope to dope is getting exclusive episodes over on patreon for example, some deep dives into other Adult Swim shows and our monthly coverage of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force Colon movie film for theaters. What a mouthful. All sorts of stuff over there and like I said, cooking up some other ideas for it. It's a good time. Thank you everyone who signed up. And if you're thinking, wow, Ronnie, I like the show, but I don't want to sign up or I can't sign up. I don't got, I don't got the Skrilla for it. Hey, that's fine just sharing the show, just talking about the show, something I don't mention, just liking my posts on Twitter, Instagram, it feeds the algorithm, gets my posts into more people's feeds, uh, not really interested in that in and of itself, but look, you gotta play the game, I don't have a choice in it, and anybody who's even just liking stuff on there, helps out a ton, so thank you, I mean, hey, just listening, that's what it's all about, baby, I ain't sitting in this fucking room by myself talking for nothing, glad you're liking it, glad you're listening. Let's go check out Super Squatter.
4: Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force.
1: Super Squatter airing September 7th, 2003, and this one airing with a TV PG V rating for violence and it is now re-rated as a TV PGLV rating for language and violence and I am honestly surprised that this one is only a PG for reasons we'll get into, mainly with, you know, some uh, gunplay from Carl shooting his foot off, basically. Pretty violent. There's pools of blood everywhere. Surprised to see it's only a PG. But hey, other than that, I guess it's a good life lesson for kids this episode. Don't play with guns. Don't point them at your friends. Production code on this one, 208. It's the eighth episode to air. Nothing surprising there, and no guest stars in this episode. It's just the main cast And yeah, again, nothing to talk about there. So before I jump into any of this, I want to give a disclaimer because I don't know what I'm going to say. Look, I'm a straight white male going off the cuff on this one. I'm going to get into some fucked up shit, some real twisted shit. But no, really, I want to say, because I don't know what I'm going to say, is I consider that I had a great childhood. My mom and dad loved me. They're cool as hell. They tried their best. But I'm going to get into some, uh, you know, money trouble talk growing up with you know, certain things shut off, all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't want to make it seem like I was absolutely fucking destitute. During my most formative years, things were pretty stable. The worst thing, really, throughout my life, up to a certain point, was that the cable and the internet was shut off, so I didn't have those. And that really leads me into why Aqua Teen is so important to me, is because all I really had were these Aqua Teen DVDs. And I kind of forgot about that until thinking about this episode. We wouldn't have cable, we wouldn't have... Internet and all, I would watch religiously were the Volume Two and Volume Three DVDs. So, yeah, that plays a big part in probably why I love this show so much because it's really all I saw for a certain period. But yeah, that's basically the the gist of my situation. Oh, and and the phone shut off as well. Actually, there was there was time when we would have internet. We had dial up, but we didn't have a phone line. So, <laughs> without a phone line, dial up doesn't work. Just kind of setting the stage there. Later on, you know, towards my later teens. We would have the electricity shut off, the gas shut off, basically everything except for the, for the water. I'll get probably more into that as the episode goes on, but but I want I a disclaimer here that I, I didn't grow up almost dead or anything like that. I consider myself very lucky, all things considered, and yeah, just want to get that out of the way. All right, so all that out of the way, I feel like we're ready to jump into our Dr. Weird clip. This one, a little pulled back, a little subdued compared to the ones we've been getting, but I still enjoy it. The only visual element here is there is a thermostat on the wall. It's an older-looking thermostat, probably around from the 70s or so, and it's set to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, and then Dr. Weird turns it up to 300 degrees Fahrenheit, which is funny, because a, uh, a residential thermostat, or even a, a commercial one, I suppose, wouldn't go this high. It's just absurd that there would be an option to put it up to 300 degrees, but that's what Dr. Weird does. Everything else, pretty self-explanatory. Let's give it a listen.
2: Gentlemen,
0: behold! Thermo Stat.
3: That's been there. <laughs>
4: Observe as I adjust the heat.
2: <laughs> Is it
4: on? You tell me. <laughs>
1: Wait. So we have the characters just awkwardly stand there looking at each other for a period of silence, and then Dr. Weird's head sets on fire. That's the end of it. Steve, as usual, very unimpressed by this, but I can't really blame him this time around. So this clip, not super relevant to the episode, but I do find there is a bit of a link there in that this episode of Aqua Teen is about them getting all of their utilities shut off. And this Dr. Weird clip is Dr. Weird turning the heat all the way up, but that would give you a big old gas bill, I assume. And yeah, just just a rough link there, which I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I very vaguely remember as a kid when, when I first realized that I could mess with the thermostat. Of course, you're not supposed to as a kid, but it's like, wait a second. I can change the temperature of the house? It's too much power. Yeah, uh, I assume whenever I would change it, my dad would change it back. But it's a, it's a big fundamental stepping stone for a child to realize that you have the capabilities to do this. So all right, let's jump into the episode proper. We open to Shake sitting on his green chair in the living room, watching some TV, having a good time. We can very slightly see what he's watching. It's live action. The first clip of what he's watching looks like someone just throwing something on loop, and then we get a full on shot of what's going on in the TV, and it looks like there are these kind of puppet bats on top of something. I'm not entirely sure what's supposed to be going on there, but you know, of course, the point is it's all nonsense. Everything they watch. In this world on TV is always very, very strange, which is a great throwback to season one because, you know, the third episode of the season, the fourth episode of that season and of the series, of course, were kind of like there were these jokes about what was being watched on TV and how stupid it was. So I'm glad that they're bringing this back in this form here because it's one of the best parts of Aqua Teen, which we get into more in this season later. So not only is the joke whatever they're watching, you know, in and of itself, but the fact that Master Shake or whichever character is so enthralled by this show, which when we see it is just absolutely fucking dumb, is like a great uh, joke on top of that. I am assuming that the live action shot we get a close-up on was made by the guys working on the show, but... A part of me wonders what this other footage that Shake is watching is, because you can't really see it, so they have a lot more leeway to show stuff that they probably didn't have rights to, or maybe was just older, sort of uh, public domain kind of stuff. Not entirely sure there. But let's jump into the clip and see what's going on besides Shake watching TV.
4: (laughs) So, Shake, uh, you are going to take care of the bills for us this month, aren't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. As soon as this is done. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, uh, that, that's what you said when the last show was on
0: uh, the last show was the popular lead-in, see? This <laughs> is the show the network wants you to watch so If you wouldn't mind
4: <laughs> But you are gonna do it today, yes, right? Yes,
0: yes, yes How many times do I need to say yes to get you to leave? Because it's
4: getting late in the day, Shake I mean, the post office is gonna close I soon I know
0: what it's gonna do <laughs> I've been around when they locked those doors Believe me, they close. <laughs>
4: okay
1: as long as you got it taken care of. So this really, uh, for me personally, a throwback in terms of paying bills. Like, oh, you have to sit down and pay the bills. Because growing up, I remember my parents sitting around actually having to like pay the bills as an activity and then run them over to a store that would send the bill out or whatever, or would send the payment out. Nowadays, you just hook all that shit up online, you really don't have to deal with it, which is just wonderful because it's not an activity anymore. You can sit there and watch the popular show that was led into that they want you to watch without having to worry about, oh, I gotta pay the bills, because it just normally just deducts from your account. And that kind of leads into something I was talking about earlier this week with a friend, and that's even though you pay it online, I don't know about you, but I get these letters in the mail from the company like urgent please open now and all this shit i'm like oh my god did did my payment not go through what's going on here open the letter all frantically and it's just like Hey, we got your online payment. Thanks. Like, why are you sending me this in the mail? But anyways, back to describing what Shake was watching, because I don't know if I did a great job of it. We see what looked to be bats on uh, maybe strings being moved around, and they are on what what I assume is supposed to be some sort of carcass or something. It's very strange. It's hard to describe really what this is. And then, yeah, you hear there's like child laughter in the background and stuff on the show. They're just having a lot of fun making this really weird in-universe show, which I really appreciate and love. So after that, Freilock leaves, and we get ourselves a schoolie D transition Gotta love him when you can get him here. It's a time-lapse outside. We see through the window, we see Shake watching TV, and then, you know, in the sky, the sun goes down, the moon comes up, and we see Shake slowly just start to fall asleep on the couch, meaning he is not paying these bills. Let's listen to that transition. Hey.
2: Fall for the same again,
1: baby. So, yeah, Shake falls asleep. I forgot to mention, then he wakes up again. So now it's nighttime and he is back. He's awake. He is watching TV again. So he took a little nap, but he's back at it. Anyways, Frylock comes back in to ask if Shake paid the bills. Kind of a similar conversation as we had at the beginning of the episode. On the TV here, all I can really make out is two things are fighting each other, two humanoid looking things. Otherwise, I can't give much more specifics than that. So let's listen to that conversation here. <laughs>
0: He does it every time. Ouch!
1: (laughs) So,
4: did you get those bills paid off?
0: Yes! Like you wouldn't believe. All of them. Every single one of them. Because there were four of them. I know! I distinctly remember four. Uh Aha! There were six of them! All right. Truth time. (laughs) First thing, tomorrow morning, we crank it out. You and me together! Shake, tomorrow (laughs) is Sunday! You're right! Church! Monday morning, we hit it hard. Both guns blazing. Those bills will get paid so fast, they won't know what hit them.
1: So, Shake just lies and says that he paid the bills, but then it comes out that he didn't. Frylock pulled the old mind trick on him, got him to fess up because Frylock said there's four bills. Shake says, yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, there's 6 Try trying to think, what would these six bills be? So, there's cable, electricity, maybe gas, water, garbage, and then... Internet, I suppose. I suppose that could be all their bills. Or or a phone. Yeah, probably a phone line, maybe something like that. Anyways, yeah, Shake is lying, but then Frylack is out of him. And then they go through this whole, uh, well, when are you going to pay them? Well, well, Shake can't pay them tomorrow because it's Sunday. Of course, a joke there with Shake being like, ah, oh, church, as if, as if uh, any of them have ever gone to church. But Frylax says that in that the stores will be closed or the bank or whatever. He, they, they, they won't be able to send out the money. To pay the bills. And I like that Shake, as a compromise, is like, all right, Frylock, you can help me pay the bills. Like, you'll sit down with me and do it with me. And I'm just honestly surprised here that Frylock is even trusting this with Shake. I mean, of course he's not going to do it when you're supposed to. It's Shake. I mean, Frylock should know better than that. So it's kind of surprising. I figured that, you know, Frylock would just always handle that in terms of at least sending the money out. Now, I don't know what their situation here is supposed to be in terms of who contributes and how. We know that Meatwad doesn't contribute, which will come in later in the episode, but I mean, we know that Shake doesn't have a job, so uh, Frylock's the only one who could really contribute to this anyway. So, you know, it doesn't make sense that Shake is paying the bills here, but uh, sets us up for a great episode. And it really just again makes me thankful that online payment is a thing or at least automatic online payment because this would so be me because I am a procrastinator. And, you know, even though even if I had the money on hand to pay those bills, The act of having to sit down and, like, do this thing, that'd be nasty. So, all right, the episode now, it's been kind of uh, repetitive. You know, we've kind of had two similar scenes. Well, there are about to be some consequences for Shake's inaction because the cable is about to cut out. There goes the cable. See?
0: Terrorists! (laughs) Recite to me the number for the cable people. Well,
1: the service hotline is on the
0: bill that you never sent. Okay. Recite to me the number... For the excavators, unless you want to go back there and dig up the septic tank you yourself. You flushed the
4: cable bill down the toilet. <laughs> All
0: the bills, They're too expensive! You know how much money it takes to heat this house? Take a wild step!
4: Last month, $487.
0: And that's a lot of money, isn't it? Hello, operator. Give me the cable company, please. Are you listening to me? Cause I'm about to unload! Ha! <laughs>
4: Well, the phone's broken. Well, now it is. (laughs) So do you understand why it's so important to pay those little slips of paper we get every month? Look, we got electricity, and we got each other.
1: So gonna cut in here, and yeah, the the cable gets shut off, and Shake blames terrorists, which is probably one of the funniest jokes in the episode, and also, Shake throws the phone because he's trying to uh, get through to the operator, but since he didn't pay the phone bill, that got cut off as well, and he throws the phone down because he's so angry and it explodes, which is something introduced in this season, things exploding whenever they get thrown on the ground or whatever, which is great, that's just classic Aqua Teen to me, and surprising here that... Everything is getting shut off because that would imply that they were already behind. Usually it's like you have to be a month or two behind already to get things shut off. If you don't pay the bill right away, they won't just shut stuff off typically. So it makes me wonder, you know, they were probably already behind or something. I don't know what the exact situation is, but very surprised to hear that their heating bill was $487. Uh, that seems very, very high to me, especially for a smaller house like that. I could see if they had a huge mansion or something, but that's crazy. They're dropping lots of money on heating the house, especially for characters that go outside in the wintertime without any clothing or anything on, and they seem just fine. So uh, shocked to hear that they spend that much to heat the house when they otherwise do not seem phased by temperature. Anyways, to recap, though, Shake flushed the bills down the toilet because he didn't want to pay them. Very drastic movie. could have just thrown them in the garbage. But anyways, yeah, he flushed the bills, didn't pay none of them. Cables shut off, phone bill shut off, but he said, hey, At least we got electricity and each other. And not for long there, Shake, because the electricity is about to go out. They're about to be in the dark. We will just see the character's eyes. And even though all we see are some eyes, there is a bit of a visual gag here. We have Shake tripping over stuff in the dark because he can't see anything. And then eventually we see Meatwad's eyes come into frame and Shake trips over Meatwad. And he falls out a window that is somewhere by the TV. We never see this window a lot, but uh and by that i mean because it's just not there a lot of the time it's you know they add it in for this episode and in the future they'll add it in sometimes when they need it but yeah shake will trip over meatwine and fall outside at the end of the clip so let's take a listen
0: look we got each other (laughs) are you gonna bill us for that now
4: (laughs) you are about to learn a lesson in responsibility shake i'm
0: responsible
4: For getting us into that club that one time. (laughs) A smooth talk that dude. You saw me lay it down. Frankly, Shake, I can live like this. You can't. And if you don't pay these bills, we'll just see how long it takes before you go out of your freaking mind. I'm not
0: backing down on this, (laughs) ever. Turn on the lights. I want you to see the look on my face. Do you hear me? Or did they send a guy out to shut off their ears because I didn't pay the ear bill? (laughs) Where the hell is the switch?
1: So that's Shake outside. Where the hell is the switch? And I love Shake's line of, I am not backing down on this. That seems to be the motto of half the people I see on the internet or anywhere in life, really. They uh, are doubling down when you uh, show them the error of their ways. For example, here, Shake can see that it was bad to not pay the bills. Like, he's seeing firsthand it was bad, but he's still just like, oh, are you going to bill me for that, too? And and all this stuff. And, and he's almost proud that he didn't pay the bills at this point. It's like, okay, dude. So this specific clip really brings me back to being a kid because I remember my mom and I watching this episode and laughing when, you know, we get the joke of Shake saying, at least we have the electricity and each other. And then the electricity shuts out, and he's like, at least we have each other. I remember my, my mom said, oh, that's your dad. <laughs> and... Yeah, but in that situation, electricity gets shut off. I I suppose we'll run into it more, so I'll talk about it more then. But not a good time. Pretty sure we had the electricity shut off multiple times. But again, this was this was when I was in my later teens, probably sixteen or so. So luckily, not a kid like poor Meatwad here. Uh, But yeah, not great. A story I have from this time is I pre-ordered M83's album "Hurry Up or Dreaming" when it was announced because I was a big M83 fan back in the day. I guess I still am too. Yeah, I was so excited because the single Midnight City had been released. I'm sure you've heard that song. It was huge back then. And I was excited for that. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great album because I, I was already really into them before they blew up in the States. Uh, not not to be like, oh yeah, check me out, man. I'm so cool. But, But it'll make more sense in a bit here. And Yeah, I was just so excited. I was like, this will be their best album ever. It's inspired. That album was inspired by Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, my favorite album ever, by Smashing Pumpkins. And so I got the CD in the mail, but we didn't have electricity. So I had to go to the public library to plug my laptop in because it was dead to charge it a little bit so that I can put the CD onto my MP3 player and listen to it. So, uh, you know, had to make a little bit of an effort there, walk to the library, get all that stuff done. And then I remember being so excited. Finally, I can listen to the album. And I start listening, and I remember I didn't like it. And I, I still am not a huge fan of that album to this day. It's alright, but I like the earlier stuff a little bit more. I think that album really didn't need to be a double album. I think there's a lot of stuff that could have been cut out of that one. It could have been a, a very strong single album. Anyways, though, that was some of my experiences, my hardships, having to walk all the way to the library. Oh my god, so sad. Let's see how the Aqua Teens are doing. We get like a little vinyl scratch transition here, we are outside, it's daytime, we see into the Aqua Teens' house, and we see the lights are off, obviously, because they don't have electricity, and we see Shake standing there by the TV, and Meatwad rolls in, and he has a a towel wrapped around his body and around his head, he's trying to take a shower, again, back to the Aqua Teens having a bathroom at the beginning of Season 2, so let's hear this conversation play out, Meatwad's coming into the episode proper, of course we saw him in the last clip where he tripped Shake, but he didn't have any speaking lines, so... Meatwad's got something to say now.
2: Hey, how come the shower working? I don't know.
0: Probably, maybe, something you did to Anger God. <laughs> he's angry with you, all right. I remember him telling me that mm-hmm. at the Last Supper. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had good fish
2: there. You didn't pay the water bill, did you?
0: Oil- electricity. That's why you gotta do it. You're my main man. Huh? Everybody knows I say it to so many people. I knew you'd come around to me. Here, <laughs> hop on the TV and await further instructions.
2: I will not follow you. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine!
1: So, I love this back and forth between Meatwad and Shake. Shake is calling Meatwad his main man, uh, hyping Meatwad up, like, oh yeah, you're gonna do me a favor by paying these bills and helping me out with this stuff. And so what Shake does is put some antennas into Meatwad's head so that he can get up on the TV so that they can try and get a signal here, which is what we did. Uh, not not put antennas into Meatwad's head, but when we didn't have cable, we would bust out the old bunny ears, put those on the TV. You could at least catch like Fox and stuff like that so you could see The Simpsons, King of the Hill, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, all that kind of stuff, which was you know at least something. But that was only on like Sunday nights where you could catch that. Or, of course, uh, Simpsons and Seinfeld and stuff were on weekdays, too. But other than that, it was basically just Aqua Teen DVDs is what I would watch when I was, I don't know, 12 or whenever this was going on. Of course, this plan with Shake and Meatwad won't work because they don't have electricity. Frylock will point that out soon. But also had experience, not with the shower not working, but without gas, we didn't have heated water, you know, and uh, to try and take a shower in the wintertime in northeastern Illinois with freezing cold water coming out of the tap not really possible. Luckily, I'm very lucky I had friends and stuff like that who I could take a shower at their place, a nice warm shower. So I, I lucked out there, but not, not fun when when the old shower doesn't work. You don't realize what you have and what you take for granted till it's gone. And one thing I'm thankful for is we never had the electricity and the gas shut off at the same time. So if we had electricity off, at least we had gas, could take a hot shower uh stay warm in the winter all that kind of stuff you could still use the stove and the the oven and and all that good stuff so in the winter time if the if the gas was shut off at least we could uh plug in 10,000 electric heaters to stay warm which of course drove up the electricity bill i don't know how that didn't get shut off too maybe it did at one point i don't know i can't remember but yeah luckily uh in my life we were able to juggle between electricity and gas i'm sure that there are other people who weren't as fortunate Back to Aquatine, though. Interesting to see Meatwad here resembling his season one self, his more ignorant self in terms of Shake, because a lot of the time this season, we've seen Meatwad kind of abusive to Shake, and he knows what Shake is up to. He doesn't really fall for Shake's shit as much. He's a little bit more mature this season. But in this episode here, he's back to being a dummy, really, because he's just like, all right, I'm Shake's main man. And he's willing to help shake out. So so fun to see there. And that's something that they do in this show, of course, is really just using the version of the character that best fits the moment, the scene, the episode, which I, I appreciate. You know, we don't like Aqua Teen because of any sort of continuity or anything like that. It's fun that there are these different sides to these characters that they can bust out whenever they need them and whenever it suits the joke the best. And I, I like that because I love this whole main man whole setup here. It's just it's just incredible. But alright, back to our clips here. Meatwad was in a towel, and now he's going to uh, remove the towel and jump up on the TV with the bunny ears, or sorry, the uh, antennas, I suppose, is the more technical term, in his head. He jumps up there, and Frolok will come in to explain why this won't work. We had a little joke there, I, I love, of wo- of Meatwad screaming, I will not fail you, Wolverine! And jumping over to the anime superhero forum, which of course we'll talk about at the end, with reactions to this episode the night that it aired. We have somebody coming in, John uh, Crichton. This guy came in, so this episode aired September 7th, and you have discussion from the 7th to the 9th on this forum. John comes in January 20th, 2004, so he comes in a few months later saying, hee hee he, hee, just watch it again tonight, noticed Meatwads, I will not fail you, Wolverine. The battle cry of high school students battling against invading Russians in the 80s kick-ass flick Red Dawn. How's that for an obscure movie reference? So I don't know, you know, if, if, if Matt and Dave meant what John is picking up on, but it's totally possible that this is correct. This is a uh, kind of a reference to the movie, Red Dawn. So if it is, there you go. So, all right, Meatwad's on the TV, towel off. He's uh, in the nude now, even though that's how he always looks. And I's going to come in explain why this won't work. That's not going to work, <laughs> Shay.
0: Oh, God, always with the negatives, like a big zero. And that's why... You're not my main man. Yeah, well, I'm the main man. <laughs> That's right, main man. Now move to the left. It's still black. Yeah? Move further back. How about this? Still black.
4: How about this one?
0: I think I see something. This is... Oh! <laughs> Too far.
4: Shake, the electricity is gone, remember? We didn't pay for it.
0: <laughs> oh! Well, now the TV's gone. How about that?
4: Look, there's just one simple thing you gotta do to make all this go away. And you know what that
1: is, don't you? You're right. So we basically just have Meatwad falling off the TV there. That was the big laugh, because Shake's just, you know, to the left, to the left, and Meatwad just rolls right off. Uh, that's really all there is to say about that scene, I feel like. Just, again, for, like, explaining, hey, look, you gotta pay the bills, that's all you gotta do to make this go away, everything can get turned back on. Which, again, just implies that Shake even has the money, which is, you know, a whole different discussion, I guess. And it's not really addressed in this episode, it's not, it's not Shake not really having the money, of course he says, oh, the bills are so expensive, it's just that he doesn't want to spend the money, he doesn't want to pay for anything. That seems to be more of what's going on here. It's just Shake's laziness, and at this point, his stubbornness of not wanting to admit that he was wrong for not paying the bills. I should mention, out of anger, Shake pushes the TV off of the stand and it explodes. Also, something I forgot to mention was when we first cut to the living room in this this whole scene here, when we got a transition to it's daytime again and Shake is trying to get the TV to work, the green chair is gone, and that is solely for the staging of the scene where Shake is standing by the TV and Meatwad rolls in in his towel no chair there. It's funny. It's just like, where'd it go? It never explained where it goes. Uh, I guess they moved it elsewhere to make room. I don't know. I have to wonder what Frylock is doing, because he keeps coming from his room to uh, talk, you know, and yeah, what's going on in there? I assume he's reading a book, perhaps. That would make sense for Frylock, but also it's kind of interesting, because we see him being the most online of any of the characters. Of course, this is early 2000s, but it's not like the internet was some obscure thing at this point, and... You would think that he needs electricity to do his job to make money, so surprised that this isn't more urgent for Frylock to get the electricity back on because he is their really their breadwinner with his, his inventions, or maybe he's even day trading, doing stocks and stuff like that online to make his money. He can't do any of that right now, so a bit of a shocker, but hey, that's the episode. Anyways, that last clip ended with Frylock saying, Shake, you know what you have to do to make all this go away? And Shake says, yeah, you're right. There's something along those lines. And then we cut to Shake at Carl's house. And he basically just barges his way into Carl's house and starts watching his TV, which Carl is watching a fishing show. So it's just a live action shot of two guys on a boat catching some fish.
0: Hey, Carl. What? You think I can borrow it? Come in. (laughs) Is this a blooper show? I love these. Watch this, okay, see the guy in the cap right there? He's gonna get whacked in the groin by the fish. Maybe the fish will bite the groin. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute.
2: This is a fishing show, Carl. I don't remember ever saying, uh, come in. I
0: know, it's unspoken between us. We got a vibe going, you know what I mean, man? So you go get those pretzels, cause I know you're thinking it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you read my mind there. Guess where the pretzels are. Think, we got a vibe inside my gun hey now (laughs) now where'd that come from all right look let's just take
1: a step back breathe deep and let's go get me those pretzels (laughs) so yeah shake just barges and he he starts off by asking carl can i borrow and then he stops that thought i wonder what he was asking carl if he could borrow you know maybe was he actually going there to borrow something or was his intention just to come in And mooch off of his electricity, his TV. But this is the first time that we really go into Carl's living room like this. And we see the carpet is purple and there's stains on it and stuff. And we see Carl's TV, which is a a cool kind of flat screen, which was really high def and and awesome back in 2002 or 2003 or whatever. And it's at a weird angle. It's at almost a, uh, I don't know, a... Negative 20 degree angle, or something, kind of like facing down. I don't understand what this is really supposed to be, but it's on some kind of high tech looking entertainment console with big speakers in it and stuff. And on the TV is two guys holding up a fish. One of the guys has no arms, he's like missing an arm. So it's just really bizarre. Apparently, Carl's just sitting here watching this. And the perspective in this room doesn't make sense because we assume, like, what I assumed is this TV is up against the right wall of Carl's house. And because of the way that shake goes in there, and we see the back wall has some windows, and we see the Aquatine's house, but that would imply the Aquatine's house is behind Carl's house, which we know isn't true. His pool is behind his house. So not really sure what this uh, perspective discrepancy is all about. It's just, I assume, you know, they just want the the room to look nice, so they just did that. But uh, something of note is is Carl's blinds are all kind of messed up, which you would expect from Carl. it's It's just interesting though to see, all the nice things that Carl has. You wouldn't really expect that from him, but somehow he he spends his money wisely and he gets the things that he likes. I mean, it's possible he's just in debt, but he does have a nice car. He's got a pool, nice TV, nice speaker set up there. Uh, hey, Carl's got it good. Something funny here that I don't think I've ever mentioned and I don't recall ever seeing mentioned is that Shake can fit easily through Carl's door, which... Is like, why do they need a shake-shaped door in, in the Aqua Teens' house if shake can fit through Carl's normal human door? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just nonsense, but uh, not not angry that that door is there at the Aqua Teen house. Very distinctive look, but uh, surprised that the Aqua Teens even bothered to make that effort to build that door or anything like that if it wasn't necessary. If shake can just fit through normal doors just fine, then there's no need for the shake-shaped door, but, uh, you know... Life would be worse without it, for me, at least. But yeah, in that last clip, Shake just let himself in, and then Carl pulled a gun on him, which you could probably figure out from the audio. It's just a shotgun he pulls out, and then Master Shake lowers it, like, hey, how about we get me those pretzels? Pretty extreme move from Carl. He could just call the cops, although I don't know if if it's an episode that we've covered yet, but at one point he says the, the cops stopped taking his calls, so maybe that's why. But yeah, pretty extreme and unfortunately, it's, an, it's not going to go very well for Carl. We will hear that in the next clip. But before that happens, we cut to Meatwad. He's in his room and he has some envelopes. He is stuffing with leaves and there is just cran gibberish all over the front of the envelopes. And we will figure out what he is doing. What are you doing?
2: What do you think I'm doing? Paying the bills. <laughs> I got my blender to work all morning. I need me a weenie smoothie. No, no,
4: my shake has got to do it. He needs to learn a lesson about responsibility. But you
2: need to teach me a lesson about money. Look at this here. I was going to send this. No one works in the system that I use.
4: Why don't you just put all this back in your little pine straw bank? Bank?
2: No, that's my IRA. <laughs> i use the bank. i get burned on capital gains tax. <laughs> what was that?
1: Oh, man, I guess it finally happened. So, (laughs) Frylock, I guess it finally happened. He assumes Carl killed himself. I guess he doesn't know that Shake went over to Carl's house, but he's about to find out. But before we get to that, there's a lot going on here. Poor little Meatwatch just trying to pay the bills. He wants his blender to work so he can make himself a weenie smoothie, which we will get into more in a little bit. I'm so excited. Love me a weenie smoothie. Well, I, I not really never had one, but I like when Meatwad talks about it. We get some more financial talk here on the show, which we got back in Super Spore. I just like that, you know, because Meatwad's such a dumbass, but then he goes into, even though he's, he doesn't even know anything about money, and he's self-aware that what he is doing makes no sense. He knows that nobody accepts leaves and, and you know, uh, twigs and stuff like that as currency. Even he's like, to fry like, you need to teach me how money works, because I don't know. But then he's like, talking about his IRA and all this stuff. He's got these uh, smart investments that he is doing to get more leaves, I suppose. So very imaginative, pretty informed for Meatwad because even I don't fully understand this stuff, but Meatwad does. And an issue here that I have is Frylock is saying, no, Meatwad, you can't pay the bills or anything like that. Shake needs to do it. He needs to learn a lesson. And it's just... I don't know. I can't believe that Frylock is, (laughs) pardon the pun, but shooting himself in the foot here just to teach Shake a lesson. You think he would just pay the bills, get the electricity back on for not only his sake, but Meatwad's sake, because Meatwad didn't do anything in this, and Meatwad has no control over this. It's not fair that Meatwad has to live under these conditions just to teach Shake a lesson, and Shake is somebody who never learns anything, so it doesn't make sense from Frylock to be doing this, but again, that's just You know the episode there would be no episode if frylock just paid the bills right away and got everything turned back on so we heard that gunshot and now frylock is heading over to carl's house
0: what's the matter oh somebody wants to get a little piece of electrified fluorescent lighting (laughs) here's a taste now get lost
4: i heard gunshots are you okay
0: why wouldn't i be i'm a guest in this home so why don't you go back to the time before christ aka next door your house (laughs) And the gunshots didn't mean a
1: thing. So Shake opens the door and he's like, oh, what's going on? Like, he's uh, afraid because he assumes it's the cops or somebody besides Frylock or Meatwad, and he's going to be in trouble because of the gunshot noise. But he sees it's Frylock and he just, like, relaxes. He's like, oh, all right, well, here you want a taste of fluorescent lighting. He moves out of the way for a second so Frylock can kind of see inside that there's lights on and stuff. He's like, all right, get lost. And I like that Shake is saying, go back to, you know, prehistoric times or whatever next door and it's shake's fault that the house is that way he's blaming frylock and making fun of frylock for living under those conditions when it's shake's fault which is why again I, you know i hate to to really hammer on this point but it makes no sense that frylock is even sticking to this because that's the kind of sh- person that shake is he doesn't give a fuck about anything going on at the house or anything he'll just do whatever's best for himself so frylock is just harming himself and meatwad for for no gain because shake isn't going to learn anything from this and frylock should know that But after that scene, we cut inside, and we see Carl is sitting on the floor. He is holding his foot, which is surrounded by a pile of blood. So let's cut into that now.
2: Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: It's another bass fishing show. (laughs) Two in one day? How lucky are we, right?
2: (laughs) I didn't think I was loaded. I just saw the check in the barrel there, and it was... uh, And it went off in your
0: hand, blah, blah. I know, I know. I was there. (laughs) Why do you think it cranked up the volume? You see my foot? You know, hearing does not come back it degrades over time just just, just do something okay just just call a doctor something i do it i will do it now you're scaring the fish
1: carl learning here that shake is unreliable carl's asking shake to call a doctor call the ambulance whatever do something and shake is just sitting in carl's nice chair with a bowl of pretzels watching a bass fishing show which is funny because at first Master Shake was all like, oh man, this is really a fishing show, huh? But now he's like totally invested. He loves he loves fishing shows now. He's having the time of his life. And he's just annoyed that Carl is making him have to turn up the volume so that he uh, can hear it and everything like that. And this episode, I suppose, just a, a lesson in gun safety, proper gun usage that you shouldn't whip out the shotgun when someone won't leave your house or, or rather when your friend won't leave your house right away because... Carl was like, oh, I was just sort of checking the barrel, and it went off. You know, Carl, not a responsible gun owner, I suppose. He should have known better than to play with his gun like this. So from there, we cut back to the Aqua Teens house, and we get a great Meatwad moment. Meatwad is sitting in the living room, and he's trying to get a blender full of hot dogs to work. He's trying to make a weenie smoothie.
2: Work, please. Go. Pure Man,
1: I can't believe Shake's still over there.
2: Has he learned his lesson yet? Please tell me he has. Because this is getting old <laughs> over here. Blum. Look, I'm
4: sure <laughs> that he'll come around and maybe even learn something. Just give it a few more hours, okay? A
2: few uh, Look here. I'm getting hungry and thirsty. Usually by now I'll be on my fifth weenie smoothie. Guess how many I've had? Whew. Zero.
4: Well, those weenies are spoiled by now, Meatwad. I mean, the fridge hasn't worked for a whole day.
2: I don't keep them, man. I age them on the sill, so that when they get all sticky and slimy and smelling bad like those rotten, <laughs> that's when they're getting good. Really? Let me go off topic here for a bit. You know how much protein's in a weenie smoothie? Uh, no. Zero. <laughs>
4: blender. Well, I don't care how much you talk to that blender. It's not going
1: to work. Oh, hell. We
2: got to make one manually. I'm about to lose
1: my friggin' mind. I love how the meat meatwad is here. So we see he ages his weenies up on the windowsill, and we cut to their windowsill, and there's just a bunch of hot dogs thrown all over there, and there's flies all over the place. But I love that on the far left, you can see one of the hot dogs is straight up just, you can tell it's just an image of a hot dog over an image of their windowsill, because it's going over the drapes that should be in front of it if you really think about it i love how just thrown together this is it's just such a great you know that, that like that's the charm of the show is how quickly it's all slapped together and i wouldn't change a thing about that but i just love this whole segment of meat has never mentioned weenie smoothies up until this point in the show but now he's he's addicted to him almost makes me want to give him a try Maybe that can be a Patreon goal or something. If we hit a certain amount, I'll make a weenie smoothie and drink it. And Meatwad ages his weenies on the windowsill. That kind of brings me back to when I hear about these different uh, meat aging techniques that to me, it all seems like that. You just, I'm like, really? You let the, the beef just sit there for months? I don't understand how this works, but I, sh- I shouldn't be surprised by my own ignorance. I suppose that there's something there that I don't understand. And back to my point here, I think, I think Fralek knows he's starting to sound like an idiot by saying, oh, let's give it a few more hours. Shake might learn his lesson. Even Meatwad's just getting pissed off now. He's like, come on, dude. Like, Let's do something about this here. This is ridiculous. So in our next clip here, Meatwad, he's taking matters into his own hands. He's making a weenie smoothie manually he has a lawnmower propped up so imagine a push mower you use your hands to push it well he has a bunch of bricks on the part that you would hold so that the blades are exposed the lawnmower is at an angle and he is feeding hot dogs into it so we have shake looking out the window all excited because this is incredibly stupid incredibly dangerous not only could a normal person lose a finger lose a hand to this because the lawnmower would be shaking around and stuff like that i mean besides the point that you have to be actually holding these for them to work but that again that's besides the point that this wouldn't actually work i don't think unless meatwad had the handle uh, tied up or something so that the throttle was being pu- uh, held down or whatever that thing is called but since meatwad is so small he is basically just underneath the mower so if this thing fell forward it would just kill meatwad so shake is very excited watching this let's give it a little listen meatwad no
0: <laughs> meatwad yes
4: are you seeing this
1: And they do a great job really animating this lawnmower because it is shaking back and forth. This is just so insanely stupid. But Meatwad is determined. You have to appreciate the determination. I wish Shake was this determined to pay the bills so that Meatwad wouldn't have to do this. Great joke of Frylock is watching from the Aqua Teen house saying, Meatwad, no. And then we have Shake watching from Carl's house saying, Meatwad, yes. So we cut into Carl's house now where Carl, again, is on the floor with his foot and he's surrounded by blood. And to clarify, at the end of the last clip, of course, Master Shake said, are you seeing this? He's talking to Carl. I'm
2: a little busy looking at this. Blood I mean, he's like an inch from death. I'm losing all the blood here. <laughs> Relax, you got plenty there, big guy.
0: <laughs> oh, you need the phone. Yeah, thank you. I guessed it. What did I say? Do we have a vibe or what? <gasps> <laughs> you need a doctor? Yes, please. It's It's ringing oh god hello oh, oh, dr oh, oh. cheesesteak we require one sandwich <laughs> blow with 40 cc's of cheesesteak stacked with an infusion of medical sauce hold please <laughs> carl <laughs> yellow peppers help me please on my foot no yellow peppers for this <laughs> okay thank you see carl i got your backside buddy now look it's gonna be 12 bucks
1: so carl is trying to use the shotgun to grab the phone so that he can call a doctor, and uh, kind of a joke that Carl is still playing with this gun a little bit. You think he would not want anything to do with it after shooting his foot off, or, or not off quite yet, but spoilers. And I need to mention Carl's house a little bit, because we, we've we been inside his house a couple times, but this time it's, it's more towards a normal layout that we will see going forward with the show. In the back left wall, we have a sofa. It's like a, a, a plaid kind of sofa, Next to the sofa, there is a little table with a lamp on it. It's a football helmet lamp, and it says 56 on it. There's also a super futuristic floor lamp that Carl has. It's like made of chrome or something. It looks really nice, really futuristic, high tech. Kind of silly, though, that it's right next to the football lamp, though. Seems a little redundant, but that's all right. On the wall, there is a photo of what looks like some sort of football coach or something. Of course, I'm talking about American football here. (laughs) And on the poster, it says Tuna. I'm not sure who that's supposed to be. I don't know if that's a reference to an actual person or what the deal is. But if you know, hey, let me know. Beyond that, Carl has a glass table in front of the sofa. And then he also has, like I said, I kind of touched on earlier, a really nice stereo setup, too. Some big kicking speakers. So Master Shake does call a doctor. He calls Dr. Cheesesteak and he orders the cheesesteak for Carl. Which is funny, because Shake doesn't buy it for himself. He doesn't get one for himself. He gets it for Carl, so he thinks he's doing Carl a solid here, that he's helping Carl out. Uh, very funny joke. Because it seems almost malicious. Obviously, he should call the doctor, but he calls a cheesesteak place and thinks that he's helping Carl. So, very funny. And Dr. Cheesesteak, I assume he's getting this delivered, even though Shake never gave an address or anything, but only came out to 12 bucks. Not too bad. I could really go for a cheesesteak. I haven't had one in many years. And it sounds good. For those not in the know, a cheesesteak is a sandwich made from thinly sliced pieces of beefsteak and melted cheese in a long hoagie roll. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm, the good stuff. Great joke there, though, with uh, when when Master Shake is calling Dr. Cheesesteak, the guy on the phone is, like, screaming at him. It sounds, like, very aggressive, this Dr. Cheesesteak fellow. So, all right, from that little scene, we hear Meatwad yelling, and we go outside. You assume that he is getting injured, but nope. That's not the case. Meatwad here, he's an old pro. He knows how to make a manual smoothie. He has a beautiful cup of weenie smoothie. There's even some whipped cream on top. Meatwad, he's impressing me with this. He did a great job. Let's take a listen. Oh yeah. no! no <laughs>
2: Meatwad. Oh, Hang on a second. No, no, no,
1: Meatwad, shut <laughs> it off. So I just love we see Meatwad. He's literally underneath the lawnmower making this thing. It's just so insanely dangerous. And I gotta mention any instance of Meatwad consuming meat in any form, little bit of cannibalism there for you. Also can't forget that Meatwad had a cherry on top too. Whipped cream and cherry mixed with the weenie smoothie. I don't know, man. That's questionable. So we had Meatwad asking like, oh sorry, did you want one? He goes back to make one and Frylack's like, no, don't do it. And then we have Shake running outside saying, make me one. So let's jump into that. Make me one!
0: Oh, Carl. Oh, don't encourage him. What happened to him? (laughs) Shoots himself in the foot and thinks the world's got to stop for him. We're still turning, baby. (laughs)
1: Back away. Let me look at it. Oh, you mean so you can come in and have a nice glass of water. It's funny. We have Frylock just picking Shake up and moving him off the stoop. So Frylock, pretty dang strong. He does it really easily. But yeah, we cut inside and we see Carl laying on the ground and we see his bone exposed too now through his leg. I want to point out that we don't see the pool of blood anymore. Now, it makes sense it's not right under Carl anymore because it appears that Carl has moved from where he initially was sitting with the pool of blood, but we get some shots of the room and we never see that pool of blood in the ground anymore, so it's just straight up gone, but that's all right. Frylock is here and he's actually going to help Carl.
0: I wasn't born yesterday, okay? I've seen movies.
1: He needs <laughs> medical attention.
0: Yes, I do. He needs an upgrade from a satellite provider, because if I see one more redneck spit into a lake, I I'd be forced to get room. up Come and on change
4: Carl, here the we channel. Go. Ah! My Listen, Carl, I know it hurts, man, but I need to keep your foot elevated to all <laughs> hell. Oh,
2: that's not mine. Oh,
4: well, that's bad, isn't
1: it? So that is Frylock lifting Carl up to elevate his foot so that, like, they can get some of the blood flow out of it just to stop Carl's blood loss kind of similar to applying a tourniquet or something like that but very shortly after Frylock picks up Carl his foot just rips right off Carl falls down and he's saying oh that's not mine is it and we see next to Carl and Frylock there is a cooler full of ice and beer that Shake is is using and that will come into our next clip here
0: look you need to get that on ice At the hospital. With the hospital's
1: ice. So just a short little clip. We have Shake uh, pushing the cooler away from Frylock, who is holding Carl's foot. Of course, Shake being selfish and really just sadistic in this episode. But at the same time, the fact that he ordered Carl that cheesesteak, it just seems like, does he genuinely not know that this is a big deal? I really don't know. I I can't tell if it's him just being a careless asshole or if he genuinely doesn't think it's a big deal that Carl shot himself in the foot and now that his foot is off. This episode, though, is pretty extreme. It's probably one of the worst that Shake has been in so far in in terms of his behavior, because not only did he not pay any of the bills and forcing the other Aqua teens to live without any utilities, which, uh, you know, again, you, you could argue is Frylock's fault. But with all this Carl stuff, Shake is just super, super selfish in this one, just really depraved. Anyways, from here, we cut to the danger cart, which is our first time seeing it this season. Danger cart making a reappearance. We have Carl in the back and Meatwad is pulling him to the hospital. Why Freilach didn't just call an ambulance considering Carl's phone was right next to him? I don't know, but that's what's going on here. Carl, Carl, calm down. Listen, listen, look. we'll be there in a couple of hours, okay? <laughs> no! So incredible work from Dave Willis on this one, because of course, Dave Willis doing a Carl voice is always great. I have to imagine somewhat taxing on his vocal cords. But when you have Carl just screaming so much this episode, that's got to take a lot out of Dave. But, But not even just that. Also with, you know, usually Carl is pretty one note in a good way. I love Carl's attitude, everything like that. It's always, you know, just snarky, sassy Carl or angry Carl. Here we have Carl in pain. We have Carl who is you know, almost depressed that he did this to his foot earlier in the episode. Dave Willis all over the place with Carl's personality here, and I just love it so much. We get to see a little bit more of Carl than just being brought in for a specific joke or a specific line. For example, in the previous episode, Super Sirloin, we had Carl really just showing up to to spit in Meatwad's food bag and say that he has crabs. That's kind of it. He's just being an asshole. But here we get way more of Carl's personality, which is great. So not only are we getting him more than in just one scene, more than for just one joke, but we get him a lot throughout the episode and we get to see more of Dave Willis performing as Carl, which is great. And I love in an episode like Super Sirloin, where Carl is really the biggest asshole out of any of the Aqua Teens, and Carl, of course, he's like a, an honorary member. But in this one, Shake really steps it up, and you just feel sympathetic towards Carl. So I like the way that they play with these characters. And same thing with Shake back in maybe Supermodel, where you kind of felt bad for him, uh, to an extent, of course, the way that Meatwad treated him. So I like I like the changing dynamics of the characters from episode to episode. It stops them from getting stale. In one episode, Carl is just an asshole and he's gross. Then another episode, you feel kind of bad for him, which is funny that a silly, stupid show like Aquatine has some more interesting characters than other uh, bigger shows. The-, the characters are less one-note in Aquatine than they are in some big-budget productions. All right, so jumping back into our clips, we have a little transition here, and we see the shake signal in the sky, which you know is is throwing back to the third episode of the series. Bus of the Undead. So cool to see the Shake signal back, which, you know, is just a, a little light form of Master Shake's body in the sky. And then we cut and we see Carl, who he's had some work done, all right? His foot is all wrapped up, but he is missing a foot. So it's just his leg, it's all wrapped up. We see some blood on the bandages. And we pan up to see that Carl has his foot sewn onto his head. He is holding a bottle of pills. Whenever he pops a pill, you'll hear it. They're just giant, very big, comically large pills to help with the pain. We also see that the lights are on in the Aqua Teens house, but we do see what looks to be extension cords all over the floor. So we will get to that, but I want to point out that in the background, because they are outside. They're outside, it's nighttime, and we can see that the Aqua Teens lights are on. So let's jump into the scene. Carl just got back from the hospital. What has he got to say?
2: Damn, Kyle, you look stupid. Yeah, but it's your guy. I didn't know how to uh, approach this, so he did this. Hey, do a headstand for me. You get it? <laughs> yeah. I, I got to tell you, I don't. I mean, look at these horse pills. I'm friggin' wasted here. You got ripped, Jack? <laughs> Seriously, though, I'd be pissed. Yeah, you'd think that, but some about these pills, they uh, take the edge off, you know. Take four of them, and... Uh, That yellow gateway over there opens for the dwarf man. Did you want to go over there with me? Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) I want as little to do with you as possible. Now, please leave my sight.
1: So Carl points how the uh, door opens for the little dwarf man over there and it, it pans over to just a random part, an arbitrary part of the Aqua Teens yard. There's nothing there. So Carl is hallucinating all of this and he's really, you know, easy going. He's, as he said, he's wasted <laughs> on these pills. Uh, he doesn't give a fuck about anything right now. He's having a good time. And like I said, you could see into the Aqua Teens house and you see just a extension cords, power strips, a bunch of stuff plugged in. So we'll get to that in a hot second here. But but I do want to point out one of the extension cords you can see, it doesn't lead to anywhere. It just ends randomly in the background, which is funny. And I always talk about this banister, this divider between the Aqua Teens kitchen and their living room. And I didn't mention it earlier, but throughout the episode, we saw it was broken one way. Well, now in this scene, it's broken a different way, so just, you know, unexplained. I've talked about it so much that it's, you're probably sick of hearing about it, but I wanted to point it out here that things have been pretty consistent with the banister, because back in the first few episodes, it did change a lot. They were trying to figure it out, but now that they've settled, it's, it's funny to see them still kind of swapping back and forth between different backgrounds and all that stuff. I should point out, banister is an awful word. It's not a banister. It's just like a divider. It just kind of looks like a banister in a way. It's a, very interesting. So anyways, Frylock comes out, he's about to comment on how the electricity is back on, about, oh, yeah, you paid the bills. And we'll get into what really happened, and that is basically there are 10,000 extension cords running from Carl's house to the Aqua Teens' house. So at least they have electricity now, which is something. It doesn't really explain how the lights are on, you know, but lights are on, as well as the shake signal that's on the roof, and it's going full throttle there, which, as we know, is very bright from the Bust of the Undead episode. And... I think it's funny because, yes, they have electricity now, but, you know, they they don't have gas, they don't have water, anything like that. So it's still like, okay, you fixed one problem, but you don't have cable, you don't have a phone still, all this sort of stuff. But I like the continuity here because the TV is still broken on the ground, so we'll have Meatwad run into the house to turn the TV on, but of course it's broken, so it doesn't work. It's shattered on the floor. And we pan over to see all of the wiring from Carl's house to the Aqua house. And there's like stuff on fire. There's a little explosion and stuff. So it's a very shoddy job, not safe at all. But that's what's going on. Let's take a listen. Well, I didn't think you'd do it, but you paid the bills.
4: Hell no,
0: I pay no bills. I pay you no mine. <laughs> well, come on, the TV's about to come on.
4: Well, I'm just glad that you finally accepted some responsibility.
1: In the most ass way possible. (laughs) So it's just awful. Uh, Their house is probably going to burn down anytime now but we also see on the ground is a giant anthill and that will come into play but before that we see carl standing in front of his house which is now fully on fire so shake just really destroyed everything in this episode he he messed up carl's foot kind of i guess that's more carl's fault than shakes because pulling a gun was a bit extreme but now shake for sure is burning down carl's house but but carl doesn't really care you know he's he's wasted the last visual thing here that I need to explain is basically the Aqua Teens say that Carl can stay at their place, but only outside. And Carl lays down in that anthill and ants crawl all over him. So let's listen to our final clip of Super Squatter.
2: Hey,
0: come here! Hey! This is funny! Woo! <laughs> Bad wiring, my friend. And if you tell the insurance people that, but well, stick to it, don't waffle. I'm fairly confident they will drop you. You can stay with us,
4: Carl. As long as you have those pills.
0: Thank you, Daddy. You found it. That's your guest bedroom. And hey, you know, if you need to go to the bathroom, you know, just do it.
2: Shake. Don't mess with him, okay? He's had a long fight? You
0: need anything else? There's some ants.
1: So that's the end of the episode there. I love Carl, just don't mess with him. He's had a long day. Carl is just super chilled out, super laid back and relaxed, and just a great ending to this episode. I love this episode so much. Uh, Before I move on with my final thoughts, though, I, I, I should talk more about this clip specifically. And that is that Frylock is like, yeah, you can come with as long as you have those pills. Frylock, like he knows without those pills, Carl will be homicidal. And yeah, just laying down in the anthill pile, getting ants all over him. That's all you need to end that great episode. Before I get into my thoughts, let's jump over to the anime superhero forums, which of course the link to that will be in the show notes if you want to read this full thread of discussion that was had the night that Super Squatter originally aired. We have Constantin leaving us a super shocking comment. Let me read you it here. Super Squatter. Dr. Weird. Gold. Scene Shake was in. Hilarious. But the scenes with Meatwad and Frylock alone, with the wieners, I just can't accept as funny. Rating? Three stars out of four. I, I, I was thrown for a loop there. I can't believe you wouldn't think that's funny, but hey, everyone's got their own opinions. User Ju Kuchi has this to say. The episode was quite funny. Shake as usual provides most of the funny material, but sometimes being such an ass can get sort of annoying. I wonder why Frylock puts up with him, really. He has yet to actually get ticked off at Shake and zap him with his powers. In any case, though, it was quite humorous. I actually don't really agree with Ju Coochie here. Like, like, normally I'm the first to say Shake is being annoying here. I didn't really find that to be the case in this one. I thought that Matt and Dave did a really good job having Shake being a villain, having him be an asshole, but it wasn't just too repetitive like they can fall into occasionally. I'll leave you with this last comment from Home Movies fan. Hey, Home Movies is a good show. Let's see what Home Movies fan has to say. Heh, my best friend has the same exact TV that Carl has. Anyways, Shake is the biggest ass I've ever seen on TV. Hilarious. Especially when Frolok rips Carl's foot off. A plus. Oh, and how exactly do the Aqua teens receive money? So that's our last specific comment. Um, This episode actually split. We have a lot of people saying this is the funniest episode, that these episodes are getting better and better. But then other people saying it was mediocre, they didn't think it was that funny, that nothing really happened, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I can see both sides. But as for me, I love this episode, not only because... I saw it so much growing up for reasons I explained, you know, not having cable or internet or any real money for a means of entertainment and watching this episode over and over again. But I don't see a whole lot in TV where my situation is really mirrored. You don't have a lot of shows where characters don't have utilities or electricity or anything because it's hard to write for that. How do you make that interesting? It's so difficult, but Matt and Dave did it wonderfully where they made this situation where the characters don't have electricity and, you know, no gas, no water, nothing. But they made it so funny, to me at least, that I just, you know, I really appreciate it because whenever you see your specific experiences mirrored in your entertainment is usually very special and that is definitely the case here for me. And that goes, as I said before, why I just relate to Aqua Teen so much, why it was so important to me growing up, because I never saw those things in other shows or in other shows when they were supposed to be a poor family, they would end up going on trips around the world and all this crazy stuff. It's like, I've never even been on a plane, let alone to some crazy country like they do in The Simpsons. It's just, you know, it's just, and I don't blame the writers for that because it's like, all right, you know, we have to have these characters do something. And surely Aquatine does get a little bit crazier. But for example, when they go to Memphis on vacation, Meatwad pulls them there themselves. Like, it makes sense how they get there. I'm sure as the show goes on, it'll it'll get a little bit more crazy. But I'm most familiar with these season two episodes. And in this season, they are firmly poor and they don't really get up to a whole lot. And when they do, it's in the realm of possibility. And again, from a writing standpoint, from Matt and Dave, it's just super impressive that they are able to make episodes out of these concepts. and. Not only that, it's not like Matt and Dave were just flexing their writing skills. They had to, because of the budget of the show, the show itself was pretty poor. So because of that, the characters were poor. They couldn't have all these crazy new backgrounds and stuff. They couldn't have all these crazy new characters. They couldn't have all these background characters. They had to keep it kind of like these plays where they're on really one or two sets. Nothing crazy really happens. So that's really what drew me to Aqua Teen, why I love it so much, why it's so important to me, because it represents me or at least the me I used to be, in a way that nothing else did. And I'm sure that you feel the same way. But overall, this episode, just a great Shake as the villain, but also it's kind of Frylock's fault, again, as I've touched on plenty of times throughout the episode. I love the body horror element of Carl having his foot sewn to his head, similar to Supermodel in a way, where Shake had that nose on his back. So they're just really messing with the look of the characters on these ones. It's always a great time. And we have some awesome, just moments from all the characters, some great... Meatwad moments, Carl moments, Shake moments, maybe lesser Frylock moments, because all he's doing is like, Shake, you got to pay the bills, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, we're used to Frylock being relegated to that position. And just a very important episode to me, one that I didn't expect to resonate with so much, one I didn't expect to love so much on rewatch, but I have no choice here. Got to give this one five weenie smoothies out of five. It's just a really special episode to me. I would understand why somebody wouldn't feel the same way, why they wouldn't like it as much. As I've touched on from my experiences, it means a lot to me to see something like this. But also, I just feel like the the jokes are really fun. They're really funny, lots of great little moments. And for an episode where nothing really happens, you know, on paper, it's just the Aqua Teens, they don't pay their bills. It's just a crazy time and just a lot of fun. I appreciate the way that this episode got me reflecting and, you know, more appreciative of the life I have now. At least I don't have to worry about utilities and stuff getting shut off, knock on wood, of course. But yeah, I appreciate you listening to me talking about some things I haven't really thought about in a while. And uh, again, just discovering why I love this show so much. So that's it for me. Thank you so much for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and hope you enjoy this episode of Aqua Teen because it's really, really cool. If you like this podcast, if you would like to see it continue going strong, please consider supporting the show over on patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden. Or again, share the show, talk about the show, even just liking posts on social media. It all helps out. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our super supporters, our top tier moon masters over on Patreon. We got Sean, Ian, Josh, Keenan, and now Hope2Dope, as well as all the wonderful supporters over there. Appreciate all you guys. And I'll see you next week when we cover season two, episode nine, The Meat Zone. Stepping out of our super episodes just for a little bit. See you there. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you daddy